Yeah, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the awesome.com Yahoo Strategy Show. Obviously, right here, presented by Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports, where if you sign up right now, that's all you got to do. Use the link in the description or the one we're about to throw in the chat. Get a free month of Awesome o Plus Platinum. Every single thing on the site, every tool that we have, not just for basketball, but for every other sport, any contest, entirely for free, $90 value. And on top of that, all you have to do is down, or use the link, deposit $10 or more, and enter a paid contest over at Yahoo. Great site, best, lowest management fees, rake, you're going to find great payout structures, you name it, but they'll also give you $10 back in free credit. So that wipes it off and you're left with a beautiful $90 free Awesome Plus Platinum subscription. Take advantage of that. Use our Discord, use all of our tools. And if you want to get the Fantasy Cruncher add-on on top of that, do it as well. Just use the link in the description. I'm Dave Lochran. With me, Greg Ehrenberg. Second time we're doing this, but this time, 12-game slate, man. Very odd schedule this week, to say the least. Yeah, it kind of sucks. And I, I don't know this for sure. I think it's because of the NCAA tournament. It has and, to be. It has yeah, to and they, be. Yeah, the NBA just didn't want to compute it. So as a result, we have probably the worst NBA slate in the history of NBA slates on Thursday. It's just a one-game slate, and the only game is Pistons Magic. But since yep. they basically took all the games off the Thursday schedule, it means we have 12 games on Wednesday and 12 games on Friday. So really big slate, lots of options, but that's why we got this show to break it down. Yeah, 12 games is tough, man, but that's okay. That's what we're here to talk about. And uh, Yahoo's interesting today because if you're just looking at ownership, wildly different than, than other sites. So if you're playing from one site to the next, Yahoo's definitely one you're going to want to pay attention to. And, and one of the things too, Greg, is if you look at, at other sites compared to Yahoo, you're getting the wildest of wild value plays pulling ownership tonight because there just isn't a lot of value, and it's insanely top-heavy with all of the best players in the league on the slate. Yeah, and there is potential for more value to open up as we go along because it's a 12-game slate. Dudes are going to get ruled out. Also, SGA is, is questionable. The injury report, Fred Van Vliet is questionable. Patrick Beverly is questionable. That one's obviously a little bit less impactful, but still could open up a little bit of playing time in the Timberwolves backcourt. Andrew Wiggins is questionable. Aaron Gordon's questionable. Justice Winslow questionable. So once guys start to get ruled out, which we'll have a better idea of once we do the uh, NBA live before lock and do the deeper dive, there'll be some better value plays that open up. But yeah, as of now, you're right. There isn't, there isn't a ton to see from the value standpoint. All right, man. Don't have a ton of time, so let's make it happen. And we will start it off at the point guard position. So ownership oh, ownership rankings are free today over at, at Awesome Out. If you wanted to get in on that, the projections are, but the rankings are a very helpful tool. You don't need a subscription or anything. Uh, PGA, what is it? Pro golfer projections are free. NHL, I think top stacks are free as well. So, uh, But yeah, for, for the sake of this show, if you want to follow along, pull up those ownership rankings. At point guard, let's kick it off, and I'll throw it straight over to you, Greg. You've got a lot of really good ones on the slate today. I mean, just go down the list. If they're in the league, they're probably on the slate. But Reggie Jackson and Alec Burks, with point guard eligibility, two highest-owned players at the position, along with the minimum salary, Goran Dragic. Yeah, it is, uh, like you said, some interesting players. And all three of these guys are, are projected for around 30% ownership right now. I think they're all a little bit too popular. Drogic, I understand that he's likely to start. This is a home game for the Nets. Kyrie Irving isn't going to play for, I believe it's the next three games the Nets are at home. So you have a situation where last night, 
Kyrie plays probably the best game of his career, goes out, scores 60 fantasy points. Drogic did start in that game, but ultimately nobody in the Nets starting lineup did all that much from a fantasy standpoint because Kyrie did everything in the game was blowouts. They didn't close the game. Uh, more opportunity for Drogic today. He is min price, which makes him one of the better value options on the slate. I just don't think that warrants him being in 29% of the field's lineup. So I'm less than that in my current builds. Uh, I understand the reason for the upside, but I think that there's other guys that are underpriced that I prefer to get to. And at least the current builds I have on Yahoo are, are pretty balanced. It's not stars and scrubs. All right. Yeah, that's okay. So you're saying it's not stars and scrubs for you? No, I, there's a lot of there, especially in the mid range. I think there's a lot of guys that are sensible and there's good pivot options also. So you mentioned Reggie Jackson is the chalk of the slate and, or at least the point guard here, he's projected for 31% ownership. Meanwhile, I have a very similar projection on Russell Westbrook. In fact, I have Russell Westbrook projected for one more fantasy point than Reggie Jackson, but you get Russell Westbrook for 9% ownership compared to 31% for Reggie Jackson. And I, I get that Westbrook hasn't been all that good this year from a fantasy perspective, but it's relative to our expectations. And he's only $27 on Yahoo. He's just a regular mid-range price guy at this point. And you're looking, here are the guys that are priced similarly to him. Reggie Jackson's $26. Campaign is $25. We've gotten to a point in the season where Russell Westbrook has been so devalued that he's almost the exact same salary as Campaign. So with that in mind, I think that this is a spot to kind of get on Westbrook, especially when you consider the total in this game. All Minnesota games have been really high scoring as of late. The total for this game is 241 and a half points. By far the highest on today's slate, even with it being 12 games. I think Westbrook is one of the better contrarian options we have. Obviously, a blowout could be looming in San Antonio, and even more so if, if Shea Gilgis-Alexander is out. But if he sits, do you think builds change a little bit? Because then you're looking at, you know, Trey Mann, who is cheap. You get into somebody like Teo Maladon, who is, is also cheap, and you're a he's minimum salary. And, and while these guys are not particularly great basketball players, there's nobody else on this team would they be forced to play big minutes? Would that make it more of an approach where you could say, all right, you know what? Maybe I do want to get to some other high price guys and build a little bit more starsy and scrubsy. Yeah, I think in that's it. And once again, my, my builds now are probably not indicative of what they're going to look like five, six hours sure. from so now. I'm just throwing out some hypotheticals because yeah, yeah. that's that would be a huge absence since they're already missing 100 players in OKC yeah. to begin with. And my assumption is he's probably more likely to sit than play. I have him in my projections right now, but what's the need if he's kind of banged up? And that's the, also right. the approach we've seen with OKC. That's why Mike Muscala, Ty Jerome, Ludor, they're all out for the season. Josh Giddy's out probably for the rest of the year at this point. But if this was a competitive team, I assume he'd probably be playing. Kenneth Williams is out. Derek Favors is out. Jeremiah Robinson Earl is out. There's no need for them to push SGA if he's not 100%. Even if he's 99%, you just sit him today. So I think there's a pretty good chance he doesn't end up playing. And in that kind of circumstance, Tail Maladon does become looking like a really good value option. So does Trey Mann. And to your point before, are these guys good players? No, not particularly, but the Spurs aren't a good team. It's an easy matchup. And then also, even if the game does become a blowout, what Tail Maladon can't play blowout minutes, Trey Mann can't play blowout minutes, they probably would. And then we'd also be looking at a rotation of, Krejci, Roby, Waters, Maladon, Wiggins, Saar, Pokashevsky, Baisley, man, that's only nine guys. And it just kind of becomes inevitable that some of those guys have to play, have to play garbage minutes in this situation where the game would become one-sided. So Maladon and Trey, man, I think would pretty easily become two of the best value options without SGA. 
right, rapid fire. I'll ask it quick. You answer it quick. We'll move the shooting guard. Keep two, scrap two of the four highest priced guys. Luka Doncic, DeJounte Murray, great matchup. Luka, good spot. Uh, SGA, if he plays, playing a lot of minutes in overtime, or Trey Young in a 239 total game against Charlotte. I am keeping DeJounte Murray and Luka Doncic. Luka, because he's projected for less than 1% ownership, and then scrapping SGA and scrapping Trey Young. Okay. And if Spencer Dinwiddie plays, or sorry, starts today with Reggie Bullock out, he did start last game, are you interested at $20? Uh, let's see. I, I, I currently have it. I, I currently expect him to end up starting. So I have him projected for a little bit over 30 fantasy points, but it doesn't make him massively appealing to me at a $20 price tag. Cause once again, we could just pay a few extra dollars and get somebody like Russell Westbrook or, or Reggie Jackson. And those are guys I project much more favorably. Okay. Talk shooting guards here. Hit that thumbs up too. I don't think I asked about that yet, but if you haven't done so, hit that thumbs up, subscribe to the channel as well. Much appreciated, all of you guys. And if you're a member here or you want to be a member, you already got the free Super Chats each month, the the Discord, or the premium question comment. We'll pay attention to all that with our Discord members, the badges, the, the emojis. But uh, there's a March Madness bracket that we've got. You can find it under the community tab on the on the landing page if you hit click perks or see perks. Uh, if you want to get in on that, we got some awesome prizes, free year of Awesome Plus Platinum, and a whole lot of other things. So uh, if you want to get in, join us. Uh, we'd love to have you get in on those brackets. And a lot of the hosts are in on it as well. All right, shooting guard. Let's uh, let's talk shooting guard here over at Yahoo. If, if we're looking, and I, I don't mind just taking the top ownership guys and seeing where you're at on them first, Greg, and then we can get into a little bit of uh, contrarianism here if we want to. But you got Lonnie Walker. Evan Fournier, a lot of Knicks today on Yahoo with their pricing. Devin Vassell, Donovan Mitchell, nobody pulling the same type of ownership we saw at point guard, though. Yeah, and I like the Spurs chalk here, which never makes you feel totally confident because we know that that's, uh, that Popovich's rotations aren't always super favorable for fantasy. But Devontae Kaycock is doubtful. Romeo Langford and Kata Bates-Jopp are both out. And now Doug McDermott's out. He sprained his ankle last time he played. And without him in the mix... He's somebody who typically starts. This does open up a lot of playing time on the wing for the Spurs, uh, mostly because of that uh, the Doug McDermott and Kata Bates job absence. So I think the minutes for Keldon Johnson, Devin Vassell, and Lonnie Walker really get shored up here. Josh Richardson to a smaller extent, but I don't think we need to get to him. But Lonnie Walker is nearly min price at $11. And that, to me, makes him one of the best overall value plays on Yahoo. I would project for mid-20s fantasy points. And the same goes for Devin Vassell, who's sub $20 and is also picking up sub 20% ownership. Even when the Spurs have been at full health as of late, he's one of the only guys we could rely on to play big minutes. Now we're taking guys out of the rotation. I think over 30 minutes is basically a certainty for Devin Vassell. And then he's also just been a good fantasy producer this year. So I'm project for a little over 30 fantasy points at a $19 price tag and not all that much ownership. Uh, give me the Spurs guys here and uh, don't screw us, Popovich. Yeah, well, he'll figure a way. Uh, I do want to ask you about Terry Rozier because ever since, and Adam and I talked about this on the strategy show today, but ever since LaMelo Ball's minutes were, were limited, right? Instead of seeing like 36 a night, you're down to 29, 30. Even if you don't include the eight-minute game where he was in foul trouble, 47, almost 50% of Rozier's minutes are coming with LaMelo off the floor. So you're seeing massively elevated assist rate, 
nicely elevated usage rate, even a little bit more rebounding for a guy like this, which to me makes him kind of interesting, just given how well he's playing right now. He's shooting lights out from beyond the arc. Who knows how long that lasts, but he's at that kind of like a, a, a the purgatory spot, right? Like no man's land. It's not too cheap. It's not that cheap the way you love him. It's not so expensive where you can't touch him at all. He's right in the middle there, but he's balling out against Atlanta. Huge total. What do you think of Rozier if he comes in and plays another 36 minutes? I have him projected fairly well, and I still don't get that much exposure to him. The main reason being is he's priced almost exactly the same as Donovan Mitchell, and I have Donovan Mitchell projected for five more fantasy points than Terry Rozier. Wow. So as a result, I have Rozier project for over 40 fantasy points. Like I said, good projection. That's still five less than what I have for Donovan Mitchell. And I'd rather just play Donovan Mitchell than Terry Rozier. You mentioned the issue is where he's priced, $33. So the guys priced around him, we've got Donovan Mitchell's $36. We've got Zach Levine is 31. D'Angelo Russell's 30. Jalen Brown is 29. These guys are just better fantasy producers on the whole than Terry Rozier. And I just rarely like to pay for somebody when they're at their ceiling. And I think once you kind of look at the name value of the players around Terry Rozier, it, it makes sense to me why it's just kind of hard to get to him based on projection, just running my lineups through fantasy cruncher. All right. How about this? Same, similar question to before you got to take three or take two, leave two D'Angelo Russell, Zach Levine, Terry Rozier, Donovan Mitchell, all between 30 and 36. Uh, so I'm going to take Donovan Mitchell. I'm going to take D'Angelo Russell, and then I'm going to dump Terry Rozier and Zach Levine. Okay. And how interested are you in Devin Booker today? 43, that price he's yeah. getting up there just given how some of the other guys below him are like Donovan Mitchell are priced pretty nicely, but, uh, is Booker in the cards for you tonight? Yeah, but he's about appropriately owned. He's he's projected for 8% ownership uh, and somebody who also I project for close to 50 fantasy points. But now that he's at $43, you're starting to get to a point where it's like, oh, right, what 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 is the top overall stars on the slate? And I mean, Devin Booker is one of them, but at least as of right now, we don't have that much value to play with. And then the other thing to consider also is, you know, I'd rather get somebody like Giannis at power forward or other pay up for Jokic. I'm always a Jokic guy. So the, the, there's not quite enough value on the slate for me to really want to get behind Devin Booker at $43. Uh, he, he's like a 10% guy. And I will just hit on this quickly, but is there anything else that stands out value wise down near the bottom? Like if Winslow's out, do you go to Ellaby at 11? Is there anybody else here that we haven't touched on that makes some sense? If you are looking to approach this from a stars and scrub standpoint. Yeah, if DiVincenzo starts again, he's only $11. He started last game for the Kings and ended up playing 35 minutes and scored 31 fantasy points. His salary hasn't moved at all, so it's going to depend on the injury report and if he lands in the starting lineup. If that is the case, it's hard to avoid him at $11, especially right now he's not projected for any ownership. Yeah, like all these reads for a 30-minute show. I mean, it's just not going to happen. Anyway, uh, let's talk small forwards. We've got R.J. Barrett. This is what I was talking about earlier, just some of these Knicks, Greg, getting a lot of attention. And, and I get it. I mean, Portland Trailblazers, you know, forgive me if, if you're a Portland fan, barely NBA caliber team at this point. You know, they'll, they'll have a couple games here and there where Josh Hart just takes the entire team and puts them on his back. But aside from that, uh, it is impressive to see like Watford and, and, and Hart 
and you know Brandon Williams putting up huge fantasy games and all being in tournament winning lineups on nine game slates. But in the same breath, it is a very good spot for this New York Knicks team, in, including a sub thirty dollar RJ Barrett. Yeah, he's going to be really popular. I think it's about warranted. It's hard to get overweight to the field. It's a twelve game slate, and he's projected to be in thirty five percent of the field's lineups. So from that standpoint, I think it's hard to say like, hey, I built lineups. I got overweight to RJ Barrett and played fifty percent of them. Cash games, RJ Barrett's a really good option if you have the salary for twenty nine dollars. I do think he's probably the best overall small forward play. Uh, there also are some ways to deviate. You could roster Anthony Edwards, who I know he's been terrible lately, but on the whole, if you say who's going going forward, who's going to be the better fantasy producer, RJ Barrett or Anthony Edwards? We would say it's probably going to be Anthony Edwards. We just need him to be healthy again. Eh, really, a, you don't a, think so? I'm an RJ Barrett fan, man. I, I I think he's really developing pretty quickly. Yeah, I I I think they're I think they're pretty much like if you were to just take them going forward, I. I, I don't know if I'd put Barrett ahead of him, but I don't think I could confidently throw Edwards ahead of him. Yeah, I mean, from a for fantasy me, standpoint. Yeah, from from a fantasy standpoint, I, I still think I could. Overall, for the year, uh, Edwards has been the better fantasy producer. Like you said, Barrett's played better from a fantasy standpoint, particularly ever since the Knicks got rid of Kemba Walker. It was just more usage that opened up for R.J. Barrett. But I'll phrase it this way then. Anthony Edwards is $3 cheaper and picking up about half the ownership. Does RJ Barrett outscore Edwards two to one on most slates going forward? Just no. removing, you know, that, that's another way to look at it is I think we, we could go back and forth whether we think Edwards or RJ Barrett is going to be the better fantasy producer going forward. I think it's Edwards. You think it's potentially Barrett, but either way, I don't think any of us are going to think it's going to be a two to one rate in favor of RJ mm-hmm. Barrett. That end Edwards is $3 cheaper. So I consider all that. And I do think Edwards is a really good pivot off of Barrett. Yeah, no, I'm with you 100%. But I just, you know, Barrett has a 30% usage rate since the start of February. So yeah. he's just been a very high usage player, which I can appreciate. And you have a coach in Tibbs who is absolutely willing to run him for 40 minutes in regulation. So those are the kind of things, like, I'm not saying Barrett is, is the next Michael Jordan. I just think 40 minutes, like legitimately 40 minutes in back-to-back regulation games for this guy. Uh, and a 30% usage rate does stand out to me. So I get it. But what you're saying makes perfect sense. The the ownership gap there is pretty significant and Edwards is cheaper and he's got a good matchup against the Lakers. So yeah, I, I I'm, I'm with you there. I like both though. Do you like LeBron though at 54? I mean, are you willing to pay this premium for him today when we have so many other high priced options? He's questionable, but I think we all expect him to play. Yeah, so, I mean, the Lakers are terrible right now. LeBron gives zero shits on defense. So you watch this team play and people cut it out. There's There'll be multiple possessions in a row where the Lakers are on defense. You don't even see LeBron in frame on the TV. He's just hanging out on the offensive (laughs) end, which for the Lakers winning basketball games, yeah, it's not ideal. They're getting their asses kicked every night. cherry picking. But at the same time, too, it's not bad for his fantasy production. His last five games – He's averaging over 60 fantasy points or so, 47, 47, 68, 68, 72. So, I mean, you look at that and it's still been good for his fantasy production because he's just kind of, he's, he's doing what people said Westbrook did for years at this point. These games don't matter for the Lakers really at all. And that's why I think a lot of the, re- and I've, I've bets against the Lakers to make the playoffs this year, but I think people are overreacting to these games from this standpoint the Lakers kind of know they're in the play-in game at this point. 
whatever happens in these next 16 regular season games, it doesn't matter. They're still going to be in the playing game. They're going to have to win two games back to back to get in. So I think LeBron just kind of coasting a little bit, but he still gives a shit on offense and compiling his stats to move up the leaderboards there. So I do think he's a strong play at $54, particularly when this game is a 241 and a half point total. He's one of the higher priority spend ups. Yeah. I'll just be betting overs across the board on LeBron in these playoff games. You know exactly what he does. Obviously the books will adjust, but LeBron, you already see it now a little bit, but once you get to the playoff playing games, I mean, look, even if they get in, they're not going anywhere. But do you think LeBron can, can hand, who would they play right now? It would be, it would be what the, what's the playing games? Is it seven through 10? Yeah. Right? So what they would, it would be Timberwolves and like, or no Clippers. So the, Lakers. no, the Lakers would play the Lakers would play the Pelicans. So here's how it, the Lakers would play a home game against the Pelicans. The nine and beat, 10. Yeah. If, if the, if the Lakers win that game, they play the loser of Timberwolves Clippers. So they'd have to win those two games back to back to get into the playoffs. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Right. It's doable. It's doable. But you you say you got bets on them not to make the playoffs? I have them plus 700 to be in the playing game this year and 13 to 1 to miss the playoffs outright. Okay, that's solid. Got some good value there for sure. Put it out. I put it out on Twitter before the season and got trolled by Lakers fans for six weeks about it, about how I'm an <laughs> idiot. And they have totally stopped responding to me. Yeah, and Anthony Davis, just the guy's – rarely healthy anyway so makes sense yeah him and jimmy butler anybody else you want to get to at small forward yeah i'll throw out a couple quick contrarian options before we move on uh clay thompson has started to get back to form and looks like the clay thompson of old again he still remains cheap his salary hasn't gone up and nobody's rostering he's only picking up two percent ownership and then deandre hunter is projected for six percent ownership he should benefit and play extended minutes with john collins out again power forward so the Keldon Johnson, I, I get it. I get this ownership. I, I like him today. If the game stays close, he's playing 37 minutes where he's been sitting recently. He's averaging seven three-point attempts over his last 20, and no team the, – the Thunder allowing 41% three-point shooting over the last month. They've just been unbelievably bad, ungodly bad. So if I get a guy like Keldon Johnson play, playing those minutes, potentially, you know – 10 just chucking up shots from beyond the arc and, you know, not necessarily terrible in the, in the terms of peripheral stats. Uh, I think $23 is a perfectly reasonable spot for him. What do you think of Kelton Johnson at the top of power forward? All of the chalk plays of this position are warranted. There's yeah. been, there's been some guys at other positions where I'm like, ah, I think that it makes sense to go underweight to the field. There's been some contrarian options. I really liked like it's small forward. And I just said clay Thompson at 2%. I think Keldon Johnson at $23 is more than warranted uh, to be 26% owned. I have him in about a third of my lineups in the, in the build I just made. Same goes for Julius Randle. We talked about some of the Knicks that are chalky to other positions. I think this is a really good spot to get to Randle. He's only $38 and he's been playing big minutes as of late. The Knicks, it's kind of a last gasp effort by them to try to push and make it into the playing game. So Randall and Barrett are both playing big minutes as of late. Kelvin Johnson, Julius Randall, and then obviously Giannis is a payup option. I don't think anybody's going to ever take too much umbrage with us saying that Giannis makes for a good payup option, especially in the game against the Kings. Those are the three most popular power forwards, and it all makes sense to me. I have no arguments there whatsoever. 
could value open up and, and change things on a 12 game slate in mid March. Uh, my, my lean is yes, but as of now, we don't have any of that, Greg. I mean, Yahoo, we definitely have a little bit more, a little bit more, more wiggle room in terms of some cheaper options, but uh, yeah, not, not necessarily like, okay. If you were to go to draft King, let me see if this is still accurate. It is. Okay. Look at Rudy Gay's projected ownership on DraftKings compared to Yahoo. Absurd. So we've got, I know, cause I just have the Yahoo one up right now. So I know we have, we have them projected for 3% on Yahoo. 34% on DraftKings. Yeah. That's pretty, that's, that's <laughs> a pretty big difference. And He's min price on Yahoo, exactly. so it's not like it's not like he's a bad option. I have so for reference in the build I have right now because I, I knew that, or at least I figured based on how we talked about the other positions, you're going to ask me if I have any contrarian options I like, and it's Rudy Gay and Royce O'Neal. I think both of them are very cheap, and also nobody's playing them. I think there's reason to project both of them for over twenty fan uh, for over uh, twenty fantasy points in this spot. The injury situation right now for the Utah Jazz, Daniel House is out. Bojan Bogdanovic is out. That opens up a lot of playing time on the wing. The guys that I expect to step into those minutes are Rudy Gay and Royce O'Neal. Both are almost min price, picking up no ownership. So we're a little stretched for value right now. I think those are the two guys we'd be going to at power forward. Do you not have any interest in a 1% Kevin Durant uh, against Dallas in a, a, a $52 without Kyrie Irving? Uh to a to a small extent, I, there's other payup options I prefer. I have LeBron projected for significantly more fantasy points than Durant. I have Giannis projected for more fantasy points, and he's still in the same pricing tier as these guys. Something else also is I don't know that people really realize how good of a defense the Dallas Mavericks have, and it's you know I think in the past we've always thought of this team as an offense first team because that's always what they've been, but this year. Dallas is sixth in the league in defensive efficiency, and they play the slowest pace in the entire league. It's so much different than what they've played in previous seasons. And it's a coaching change, so we should expect somewhat of a philosophy change. This is a really, really tough matchup, and I just think there's better guys to pay up for than KD. Fair enough. Yeah, it is a tough matchup. Uh, I think, you know, also Kevin Durant, one of the best shooters we've ever seen in our lifetimes, too. So. I could see it going both. You could see this turning into a Luca versus Durant, just complete show out and, and showdown and turns into a phenomenal contest. But yeah, I only asked because Durant is another one of those guys that's playing like, what do you play? 43 minutes against the Knicks the other day in regulation. So if it's close, it's one and a half point spread. If you get, and I'm not saying you project them for this, but shit, if you get 42 minutes for Kevin Durant, probably you probably get there and I, and I don't know if Seth Curry is going to play either if that you know, makes any difference at all but it does right. a little bit we we saw him take a crap ton of shots the last time Seth Curry was out and there's no Curry I think yeah shot a lot <laughs> in that game Cam Thomas is also questionable that's not going to impact Durant either but it would help him a little bit if Curry's out all right let's round it out at the center position we got a couple minutes to go here uh before we do our best bets discord it's available now only through March 17th. Can you get this discount though? Instead of using the preposterous promo code, let me see those picks or them. I, it doesn't even matter. Just go to awesome.com slash promos and click. Okay. You can click on that promo, make it way easier for you. Get all of the best bets every day from Alex Baker, awesome himself, Ben Rasa, Steve buzzard. You know, him as the Colts 
some of the sharpest dudes out there, some of the best DFS players out there using our industry leading projection models to identify the best potential ROI situations that you're going to find. Get in on it. Use that promo, awesome.com slash promos. Click it, get it for $15. That's half off if you want to get in on some of that betting action with the best guys out there. Uh, and you got March Madness coming up as well. Really, it's on top. We're on top of it. All right, Drew Eubanks, Clint Capella, Jakob Pertl, Demonis Sabonis. Where do we want to go at the top of ownership here? Then we can talk a little contrarian and high price guys. Yeah, so starting with Drew Eubanks, the ownership, once again, totally warranted. He's only $14 playing against the Knicks, and he just had to play a big role for Portland because they don't have anybody else to go to. Last couple of games, 29 minutes, 39 minutes. He had the one game against Utah where it was a blowout. He got into some early foul trouble, only played 19 minutes. In general, though, this is a guy we're getting, you know, 28 to upwards of 39 minutes from. And it's such a cheap salary for a guy who's a pretty good fantasy producer. He's the best value play at the center position. I have no real arguments. I don't think there's any real argument against that. The ownership also kind of bears that out. I think Clint Capello is picking up too much ownership. The main reason being is even with John Collins out, this is just a timeshare at center. Okongwu and Clint Capello are not playing minutes next to each other as a result last game. Only 28 minutes for Capella two games ago. We only played 22 minutes. It's hard for me to get behind a situation where I think it's probably like a 28 to 20 minute split, maybe 26, 22 in favor of Capella. I just think there's other centers with more minutes upside and he's really popular. So I'm looking to pivot off of Capella. There's four centers I really like. Drew Eubanks, Jakob Pertl, Rudy Gobert, Nikola Jokic. They're all in different salary ranges. And I kind of just fill out the center position last. And whichever kind of tier of, of salary I've remaining, those are the guys I'd be looking to plug in. Good stuff. All right. So wrap it up with this. We got to be succinct here, right? Yeah. But again, don't, you, don't compare other uh, sites today, like DraftKings and FanDuel to Yahoo, because the ownership is insanely different. Among all the high-priced guys at center, you have Jokic, you have Embiid, you know, Towns isn't really in that tier, but he's coming off that 60-point uh, game. Of these guys, top option of the three, or even between Jokic and Embiid, because Jokic and Embiid are basically pulling the same ownership. Yeah, Jokic by a mile for me. It's always it's always been Jokic for me this entire season. Now we also have Embiid competing with James Harden for touches and he's questionable and now. News just broke that Joel Embiid is questionable. All right, so I don't even think Embiid's going to play now because we just saw – um, we just saw earlier in the week that the, the, um, uh, the, the Sixers said they're coming up with a rest schedule for James Harden and Joel Embiid. Embiid's not going to play today. Jokic. Uh, if you're coming up with a rest schedule for them, why wouldn't you just rule them out now? Because uh, that's how they've always handled with Embiid. Then Doc Rivers is going to go do some bogus press conference. going to be like, I don't know. Is he hurt? I didn't know about that. And then the game starts and he's not on the floor. <laughs> he's not going to play. You know, it sucks. Uh, 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 never mind. I thought it was it. They just pulled the game, obviously. But uh, Tyree, I was looking at Odd Shopper and Tyrese Maxey over. Well, we'll talk about this after the show. Greg, do you have anything else? Do you have anything else that you want to get to at center or that we haven't touched on at the rest of the positions before we wrap this up? No, not only is Jokic my favorite payup center, he's my favorite payup option on the slate overall. We do two slots we could pay him in on Yahoo, both the center position and utility. If you're between any players, a spend-up option, that utility spot, go with Jokic. 
All right. That'll do it for us. Thank you guys for hanging out as always. Follow Greg at G Ehrenberg DFS, me at Lafayette underscore D. And uh, we'll see you back here next week, the two of us, Wednesday, 12 o'clock Eastern time for the Yahoo Strategy Show. Peace.